It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, it's Ron Johnson, and this is Locked On Sports Minnesota, and it's Friday. It's Friday. Hey, it's Saturday, Sunday. What? Well, if you're a Kids Bop person, you know that song. I know, Julia, you don't listen to Kids Bop, so you have no idea what I'm talking about right now. But I'm Ron Johnson. That's Julia Daniels from CARE 11. We also got Reggie Wilson from CARE 11, and we got Sam Ekstrom. I heard that the Timberwolves are going to the Super Bowl of basketball but we'll talk about that and much more coming up but before we get into the show man we got to get locked in on the show topics today what you got for us julia we're talking gophers what will it take for them to win the big 10 west break it down as always prayer but anyway the wolves going to the super bowl ron going to the super bowl yes after, <laughs> after whooping up on the defending champs it was a big time statement win We'll break it down. The state of hockey is in a, a state of misery. Gophers hockey with its first three-game losing streak in five years. Wild have exactly three wins in their first 10 games. Well, can they bounce back? Well, if hockey has fallen, maybe this is the state of basketball now. But we got to talk football. I'm wearing the number eight. I got the times two by it. You can't see it because I'm all for number 16. We're going to talk about Jaron Hall and what he can do to not let Joshua Dobbs get up in that, get up in the door. How does he do that? Where there's 15 years of data of rookies starting their first NFL game. We'll talk about that next and much more on Locked On Sports Friday Roundtable. Well, it's time to talk about today's show topic off the rip. We got to talk about the Vikings people, and I'm going to kick it off for you. Jaron Hall. Well, I looked up some historical data and i'm not going to bore you guys with it i'll just let you know Jameis winston's first game he was Jameis, two touchdowns two interceptions we know he is the man that can throw just as many interceptions as touchdowns you look at a guy that everybody thought should be great matthew stafford and he was great after he threw three interceptions in his first game just don't do that jaron you got justin fields you got jalen hurts there's so many guys out there and what what is my prediction for jaron hall here's where i go i'll keep it i'll keep it simple Jaron Hall just has to go out there and not do anything above what he can do. What does that mean? Just take what the defense gives you. Now, the Falcons defense on third down is one of the top four defenses in the NFL. But there's a weird statistic. Whenever, because on second down, they've allowed the most yards, or sorry, the fourth most yards gained on second down. But it's only about 4.3 to 5 yards. If the Vikings and Jaron Hall on second down can find ways, and the Tennessee Titans did this. This is the only reason why I know it works. If you look at their last three third down games, they dropped drastically. Why? The last three games, and maybe the Titans killed them, diced them up. Will Levis, the guy with the girlfriend that everybody wondered who she was and cared nothing about who he was. But Jaron Hall just has to go out there and watch the Will Levis tape and say, you know what? Let me just take what the defense gives me. The Falcons are a numbers team. They will put five defenders to one and two to the other. You have to take the numbers. Treat their defensive backfield like you would treat the line. Count before you drop back. After you drop back, just find that one defender. They always move one. Find that one and then make the right pass. Will Levis did it every single time he dropped back. He was masterful. I don't know if he was hated on or he was trying to get his get back. But he did it. And so Jaron Hall, my prediction for him, 
is he's going to go out there and just take what the defense gives him, and he's going to run when he needs to. If he does that, I think Josh Dobbs is the backup for the rest of the season. If he doesn't, Josh Dobbs, welcome to Minnesota. And I don't know what number you're going to have, but I can turn my eight into a nine. I can turn this frown upside down, and we'll be smiling. I don't know. What do you think, Julia? Josh is 15. Just oh, 15. Okay. I don't know if go. I could turn an eight into a 15. I don't know. I'm not Jay-Z. <laughs> Jay-Z could do that. I don't know if I can. Also, Will Levis's <laughs> girlfriend, I'm pretty sure they had a recent very messy breakup. They did. Gia. Gia is her name. I don't know why I know that because I, I watch too much <laughs> gossip TV right now. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I, Something interesting that I think we all picked up on, I, I think we – we saw it a little bit in the preseason with Jaron, but we especially saw it and we were joking about it in the sports office um, on Wednesday, his maturity. He walked right into the locker room and right up to the podium and had an opening statement and everything for the media. And then he said, and with that, I'll open it up for questions. And after that, KOC and Kwesi both answered questions about his maturity, his ability to stay calm, um, just his demeanor in general. I think that that's something that um, will help him out on Sunday in his first start. Um, I also think it's you know interesting. He's older than Jordan, Jordan Love. He's older than Justin Fields. He's older than Jalen Hurts. Um, so he's got a few years on them in, in terms of that maturity, too, and, and being able to um, stay calm in such a high pressure moment like this. Um, also, I, I think this is the first, I mean, we've been saying this every single week. This is now, now is the time that the ground game really has to get going. And, and I would say, um, hopefully we'll see a little more of Cam Akers on Sunday and, and, and maybe they can rely on him a little bit more too, um, just because, you have a, a rookie quarterback in there. It's going to be tough. Um, Dalton Reisner talked about the extra pressure that he's that they're bound to see just having a rookie quarterback. You saw it with Will Levis last night. Um, but you always want to root for the underdog. You want to root for Jaron Hall um, to do well. We'll just have to see. Reggie, go down there to the bins <laughs> and play like a Ferrari, baby. Exactly. So I... I look at the the tape that Will Levis had. Obviously, Jaron doesn't have the big, crazy arm like Levis, doesn't have the size of Levis. Uh, he's only six feet. Um, but I think, man, just go out there and let it rip. You know, go through a couple reads. If it's not there, man, pull that ball down and, and just take off. You know, like don't, don't overcomplicate it. Just go out there and play football. And as Julia said, like, this run game, they gotta help him out because if when I so my boy Ahmad made the point that if the run game was a little better, that maybe Cousins is not dropping back so many times and maybe his Achilles is still intact. And you know what? I would tend to agree. You know, I think the the game was pretty much in hand. Why do you still have Kirk Cousins dropping back? But it's because the run game was not doing what it was supposed to do to just ice the game away. And so then you got Kirk Cousins like, all right, well, we can't get it on the ground. Kirk, go get us a first down, please. And we saw what happened. So I, I just – I would love to see the Vikings finally get some complimentary football going. And, you know, if Will Levis could do it, Jaron, you know, we've gotten reports that he was tearing up the, the first team defense, uh, playing scout team quarterback. So 
if he keeps that same mindset as he goes into the bins, I think, like I said, he could play like a Ferrari out there. You know, it, Desmond Ritter's on the on the other side on the bench. You know, I think he's kind of like somebody who I, I kind of see him playing like. Maybe maybe the arm is not as big as Des Ritter, but, you know, Des is a guy that, you know, he goes through that first read, second read, pulls it down, takes off running. And so I, I think maybe uses athleticism to help him out a little bit, but I I don't know. I feel like I got a good feeling about this. I think uh I think he's gonna go down there and and do what he needs to do to help the Vikings win. I I too have kind of an odd feeling about the Vikings rallying together to win this game. I don't know if it's gonna be because of Jaron Hall. Um, they're going to have to play all three phases very well. The defense will have to step it up once again. Special teams can't make as many mistakes as they did against Green Bay. That was the one weak link against the Packers. Um, Jaron Hall needs to avoid sacks more effectively than he did in the preseason. I'm very curious to see how the Falcons attack him. They've been getting home with their front four pretty effortlessly this year. That's one of their strengths. So I think they're just going to drop in coverage. I think they're going to put seven in coverage, rush four, and try to fluster him that way and take away all of his outlets. Um, Because if he loses his confidence early in the game, uh, what's going to happen? That's what I'm worried about. And here's the thing. Now that they have Josh Dobbs, they have a secondary quarterback that has mobility. Like, Jaron Hall's mobility is not going to be enough because they know they've got Dobbs who can do the same thing. So he's got to show that he's got the arm talent, the anticipation skills, the ability to kind of throw somebody open and make good decisions with the football. Um, they they don't, you know, the Vikings know his arm is not a rocket, right? He's not going to blister it in there like Brett Favre. So he's got to be really smart in when he's choosing to go deep, when he's choosing to get aggressive. Um, and the over-under on Jaron Hall on FanDuel yardage, it's a very modest 185 and a half yards. Um, and I think that's about right. I think the Vikings are going to try to run the ball a lot. They're not going to ask him to do too many things. He's got to pick his spots. And when he picks his spots, he's got to capitalize. Yes, yeah, Sammy, you, you were dead on. I was going to say the, the Falcons on third down and eight to 15 have faced the second most plays. That's 50 plays. So they're forcing teams on first and second down to make mistakes. They face the most plays on third and eight to 15, and they're first in the league in sacks at that same metric. So they have seven sacks once they get teams in the third and eight to 15. Like they know exactly where they want you. They know exactly what they want to do with you. And Sam, you're right. They actually do put six to seven in coverage, and they get home with four to five but they do it different ways. It's not always just the front four. I I have a clip I'm going to show Sunday. Number 72 is in the three-point stands, and he drops back and becomes the Mike linebacker. So they do some weird things to try to confuse you. And again, Will Levis, I don't know if it was just immaturity or just I don't care, and this was my YOLO moment, but he didn't even get phased by some of that stuff. That play they did that, he ended up hitting DeAndre Hopkins on that double move on the safety. And so – that that's the reason why though he looked number 72 became fifth in the count to the left so he looked to his right and said i only got two to three defenders on two that's my better option over here five on three versus two on three i'm going to take the two on three and it was deandre hopkins double covered deandre hopkins double covered is still open and that's what he did i think deandre hopkins got in his ear as soon as he came in like hey hey, don't be like these other guys come to me because we know i'm always open i'm just like jamar chase i just don't say it as much but 
Uh, we, we know DeAndre Hopkins starts things or sorry, finishes things. He never starts them. So he got started that game, but it's time for the FanDuel locks. We've actually been pretty close all season, people. So if you go to FanDuel.com backslash locked on, you can get started and join in with us. Please understand we are not sharps. We don't know everything, but we've been close. So trust me, I know I hit on my Lakers. I should have bet on the Timberwolves to beat the Nuggets. I, I know they were getting hella points. I should have done that, but I didn't do it. I fell asleep, didn't think about it. Uh, but time for the FanDuel locks. Julia, what are your, what are your thoughts on the FanDuel lock? We're going Cam Akers, first touchdown score, plus 1,200. Ooh. I'm, I'm going to go. First touchdown like score. That. Not only scoring a touchdown, which is rare, but that's any touchdown, though, right? You can be a pass or a run. Right. Is that what, okay? I'm about to say because yep. the running touchdown, we know that's been far and few between. Uh, Reggie, what you got? So this is tough because I don't know. There's so many unknowns. I think it's it is interesting. Um, Falcons are what three and a half point favorites in this one. Yep. Um, I'll do any time touchdown score. Jordan Addison plus three ten. How about mm-hmm. that? Ooh, ooh, okay. Samuel. He's, he's on a one per game pace, basically. Exactly. Um, that's that's so, a pretty good bet. You gotta feed him. You gotta rely on Jaron Hall though to throw him a dime. That's that's how he gets a lot of his touchdowns with Kirk Cousins just threading it in there. I, I'm looking to the running game props because as we all expect, the Vikings should be a little more reliant on the run. I'm not sure FanDuel's really adjusted their lines that much to it to compensate for that, though. They've got Cam Akers to get 40 plus yards at plus money, plus 168. Hmm. Um, Akers, I mean, that if he gets on a heater just on one drive, he could pick up about 30 yards right there. I'm going to take Akers 40 plus yards at plus 168. Uh, you could hedge and you could, you could try to double that up and you go Madison 40 plus yards at minus 130. So a little bit uh, less value there. But I think both of them would have a good, decent chance to hit, and definitely one of the two. Um, so if you bet both, you win one. Uh, you probably break even. If you win both, boom, you're in business. I'm going to get a little dangerous here. Plus 1,100. TJ Hawkinson, 60-plus yards. I'm going to go same game parlay on this one. Jordan Addison, 50-plus yards. Jaron Hall, 200-plus yards. And then good old Minnesota Viking Taylor Heineke, 225-plus yards. I'm going to go with that line there. Um, I Like I said, it's a long shot, but $10 gets you a lot of money. $10 can get you 11 sorry, uh, $111, basically, in 27 cents. So you keep going up. You want to put 100 on it just to see what happens. I think Jaron Hall, if he's going to throw the ball, he's going to throw it to the ball to the guys that he's seen ball out, which are TJ Hawkinson who is a tight end, that's a backup quarterback's best friend, and then Jordan Addison, who's made plays for, for Kirk Cousins. So if I'm if I'm him, that's where I'm going with the ball. And then vice versa, Taylor Heineke. I just feel like B. John Robinson hasn't been getting the usage that everybody thought. Uh, Brian Flores, this is a defense that tends to move around a lot and force you in a passing situation. So I think Taylor Heineke's going to be passing more than we think. Uh, the three and a half. We'll see. I think the Vikings can pull this one out. I think the Falcons can cover. I think it could be a one to two point game. Vikings win uh, and the Falcons still cover. But now we have a word from our sponsor before we talk about these Timberwolves going to the Super Bowl of basketball, the Super Bowl of basketball for the Timberwolves because the Denver Nuggets, the Denver Nuggets crushed the Lakers. 
the Timberwolves crush the Nuggets. We're going to talk about that, but we'll do that when we come back. Hold on. Yes, we just whetted your appetite. We just gave you all of the possible FanDuel bets that you can wager for Sunday. And we just scratched the surface. We just scratched the surface on the Vikings-Falcons game. There's dozens more ways you can get into the action just for that game and then apply that to every single game across the NFL. And you could have a whole lot of fun making the moment more at America's number one sports book. Here's their promotion right now for new customers. If you want to join the action here at the midway point of the NFL season, get $150 in bonus bets with any $5 money line wager. So money line, you can find one that's very favorable. You can take the Saints minus 400 against the Bears and you win that, you win $150 deposited into your account. You could take the Bengals minus 360 against the Texans. Bet five, win 150. That's how it works at FanDuel. When you've got the 150, put it on the spreads, put it on the props, put it on the over-unders, the futures, the alternate total receptions, the anytime first touchdown scorers, myriad ways to bet at FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel.com slash locked on, the FanDuel Sportsbook app, and bet the NFL. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Well, anytime the Timberwolves win a big game, it's only five games in. The Nuggets were undefeated, and the Timberwolves gave them their first loss. I didn't see any of it besides just the start because I just assumed I'm going to wake up on Thursday, and we're just going to hear, just like we've been hearing, Nuggets, nice little cool victory that cruise away. So I didn't even check on Thursday because I'm like, Thursday's a football day for me. So I, don't, I didn't even check. And then I wake up this morning, and you guys tell me, the Timberwolves are going to the Super Bowl. So, Reggie, take it away. Ron, I'm not, I'm not doing this with you today. <laughs> but no, it was a, it was a very, very impressive effort uh, from the Timberwolves. Um, so, look, you you might be able to say, look, the the Timberwolves defense was just bomb. Like it, it just, it just worked out. But not a very good efficient shooting night from. The Nuggets, Michael Porter Jr., 2 of 11, 5 points. Jokic, 11 of 23, 25 points. Murray, 5 of 16 for 14 points. KCP, 2 of 4 for 6 points. Like, that is not what you come to expect from the Nuggets. DeAndre Jordan, dressed up like Taylor Swift for Halloween, (laughs) didn't even get in the game. Tragic, tragic. But if you look at what the Wolves did, I know on the basketball party, I really lobbied for Cat to, okay, put the ball on the floor, make some plays, and he did that. And he went 7, seven of 19, 21 points, 8 boards, and I think this was one of Cat's better performances of the season, even though it was it was only 21, but he did some good things, and he was still, you know, crying about fouls a little bit, uh, and that's just 
what you come to expect from him. It's today's generation. Yeah, he comes down the court after making the shot. He looks around. He's like, foul. That was a foul. Foul. Ref's like, all right, get out of here. You got the bucket, didn't you? And so um, I think it's it's very interesting <laughs> just seeing how this Wolves team was able to bounce back from just a brutal loss where they lost that 20-point lead on Monday. And then against the defending champs, they were like, you know what? We ain't scared. And I think, Ron, you made a good point on the basketball party talking about Mike Connolly and his efforts. And, man, he said during the the post-game or the pre-game uh, shoot-around that morning that he felt good. And he went out there and played good, 7 of 9 from the field, 3 of 4 from 3, 17 points. And I think that was a big key in their success on Wednesday. He kind of just steadied the ship and then Ant did what Ant does, eight of 15 for 24 points. Just an just a all out efficient um, performance from the Nuggets. But I will give love to slow-mo. I tweeted, Kyle Anderson's game is so slow that somehow he still keeps defenders off balance. Like I saw him do one of those slow moves, the Euro to the bucket, and the defender was like, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, right the defender like was like, they're flying oh by because they're playing normal speed. And <laughs> yeah. Kyle Anderson is in like half speed. Yeah. And then Kyle's like, uh, I see you doing all this. And like, as soon as they got done doing all this, he was like, Oop, lay up right over you. The Matrix. The He's in the Matrix. Yeah, it, it's 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 kind of crazy. But then, you know, you saw 16 points from Nas Reed as well. So like. I think Finchie is still trying to figure out these rotations, but, you know, Slow-Mo had 25 minutes. Nas Reed had 19 minutes, and he was 6 of 9 from the field for 16 points. Like, that is some good play right there. And I think if the Timberwolves could be consistent because that is the big thing with the Timberwolves. They they could pull out wins like these because they have the talent to beat teams all across the league. But it's the consistency part that I think people are looking for. So hopefully this gives them some momentum to go on that run and win those 13 games that I predicted that they would win to start the season out. David Locke's Utah Jazz coming to town next. The boss is going to be in town, you guys. Um, It's nice to have Jade McDaniels back in the mix, too. You know, when you have a lockdown defender in your starting five, then you've got Jaden and Rudy in your starting five just offering that defensive intensity. And the trickle-down effect there is you move slow-mo to the bench, and the only good bench guy this season had been Nas, right? Because slow-mo had been in the starting lineup. So now you actually have two good bench pieces with Anderson and, and Nas Reed. And it just makes you deeper when you have uh, McDaniels in the starting lineup. Denver Nuggets, since the calendar turned to 2020, have not had an offensive rating as low as they did in that game on Wednesday. Mm. A 90.1, which... I'm not an analytics head for basketball, but I when someone tells me that's the lowest offensive rating in four years, I'll I believe them. I I'll take that as something meaningful. So congrats to the Timberwolves. Now back it up with something. Prove that this is sustainable and that you can do this for uh more than just one game in a row. Super Bowl for you, Julia. What you got? <laughs> um, no one's gonna talk about Ant's um nickname for Mike Connolly, Bite Bite. Bite, 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 bite. Yep. Post game, he said he he calls him. <laughs> he started to call him bite, bite because he looks like he wants to bite somebody out there. Okay, like a dog. That's what I call cowboy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I call cowboy that too. 
Um, yeah, I mean, reliable veterans. I the Kyle Anderson stuff just cracks me up. He reminds me of the sloth from Zootopia, where he's like, "Can I help you?" And everyone else is running around, just chaos. Uh, so it throws everybody off. Uh, yeah, I would agree. Jaden McDaniel's coming back. Uh, the matchup with Jamal Murray shutting him down while he's in the game uh, is certainly helpful. Um, but Finch Finch said post game that the maturity of this group comes when you stack performances like that. So, like you said, Sam, you have to back this up with something. Um, also, the joke yesterday we were saying, you know, a 19 point lead, we're all traumatized now, right? Mm-hmm. We don't know how to feel when you when you're up 19 points. You can't feel confident after what happened in Atlanta on Monday night. Um, but yeah, who, if the question is who are the wolves, um, that's yet to be seen. I think, uh, we'll have to see something consistent before we make any assumptions about what this season really looks like for them. Certainly a great performance against the nuggets, but, um, yeah, consistency is something that, uh, we've yet to see once again. I think the biggest thing for me, when I look at the Timberwolves and and, and I think we talked about this too, was getting to the line. Uh, when you look at their free throws versus the Nuggets, the Nuggets only shot 10 free throws and only made seven. The Timberwolves, 27 free throw attempts. And I think that's the key. Stop crying for fouls and just when the fouls come, just let them keep coming. Just keep playing your game. Carl Anthony Towns, we already said he has to be a bully. The other thing I liked, and, and Reggie, you kind of brought this up, Mike Conley had more assists than Anthony Edwards. I think that's the key to their success too. Like Mike Conley has to know I'm the trigger man. Like I am... Like if they were the Avengers, he's Hawkeye. Like I, he needs to sit up in the wings and just shoot our uh, arrows at people. And then you catch them and then you shoot the ball. Don't be the guy that feels like he doesn't need to be the Hulk. He doesn't need to be Captain America. Like he needs to sit up and just like pass it all. Or even he could be Nick Fury. He can be sending them out. Like for those Avenger fans out there, for the people that don't know Avengers, sorry. I'm sorry I bored you with the Avengers uh, take on that. But Rod, I went to a movie yesterday and uh, there were some Avengers previews. And what Marvel did you preview. see? I saw Killers of the Flower Moon. See, that name alone throws movie, me off. Bro. Was it's it good, good though? Yeah. If okay. you got three and a half hours. <laughs> That's the problem. I don't, I don't it, know how I can find three long. and a half hours. <laughs> Previews make it four hours. Oh, um, my goodness. But, oh, yeah. good. The movie, name good of that pre- movie alone. Yeah, but the Avengers, I, I heard, yeah, there's one coming out. So there was yeah. some. Yeah. I, I thought I know, of you. But, but but three hours, I don't know. I don't know. But when you when you look at the way this team is built, and that's why, again, Reggie, going back to your point, Mike Conley has to be the guy. Like, he has to be the guy to keep everybody in, in rhythm. He has to be the guy to get everybody going. I think Nas Reed also off the bench. That was a big night for him. It has to be more of that. Like I said, you got to throw Gobert, Carlin Towns, and Nas Reed at every team you face moving forward. If you're really going to play this big-style basketball, then play it. Don't try to be the Warriors. Don't try to be the Clippers now who have nothing but guards and forwards. Like, be who you are. Be who you are and do it better than everybody else. Now, the Nuggets, this might just have been like, uh, playing the Timberwolves. We're 4-0. Does it really matter if we lose to the Timberwolves? Maybe that's how the Nuggets took this game. But for the Timberwolves, and I, and I think whoever just said that, Sam, maybe, is back it up. What are you going to do in the next game? What are you going to do in the game? Can you rattle off five wins? Can you go on a 4-0 run like, like the Nuggets just did to start the season off? Because when you go 4-0 to start the season, the Nuggets already built themselves a cushion. The Timberwolves did not. But they are 2-2. Two and two. They got back to 500. But I don't know. You beat the Nuggets you might get a little bit of confidence. And that's all it takes is, is the basket starts to look like an ocean 
at some point and you feel confident. But I also look at the the rebounds. Like they out rebound them. Uh, you look at the assists. You look at the blocks. Like steals. They they filled up everything. And then the turnovers. They won the turnover battle. I know in football it's it's more it's more like talked about. But in basketball, the turnover battle is every single possession. Don't turn the ball over because then you don't create fast breaks. By the way, random story before we jump into the next topic, because we got to talk about the Gophers. The Gophers and, and Brett Bielema are coming to town. 2.30 kickoff, Gophers pregame show tomorrow. I'm going to have a nice little segment. I'm breaking down Brett Bielema's little run game, and it's so little and cute. But did you guys see, uh, if I were to say two players from a team that did something down 20 points, through an alley-oop, off the backboard, dunk to his teammate, down 20. Who, wh- what player would jump out of your mind? And there were baddies. I'll give you another hint. There were baddies D-Lo. on the side. I saw this last night. <laughs> so, <laughs> Julia, D-Lo don't ruin it. Don't ruin it, Julia. Okay. D-Lo. Reggie, who guess. would you say? I would say the Washington Wizards and Jordan Poole. Yep. Oh, that's even better. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Ooh, I don't even know who they said was at the game, but there was Ruby some. Rose. Oh, yeah. What is she? What does she do? Is she a rapper? Uh, I don't. Hold on. Let me Google. Is she a, like, I don't know, but I saw her name come up because she thought Drake was talking about her because he said, I got the Ruby yeah. Rose, whatever. But rapper. he was talking about his, yeah, okay. He was talking about his watch. <laughs> he had the Ruby Rose Rolex. And she That's thought, right. Yeah, like, but she, this, was, this is about me to like yeah. an entire party. And oh, my like, God. No, she thought he would put her in his rap and he was talking about i got time i got the ruby rose and they were and she was like oh my god it's me it's no he's talking about time which is the rolex that's the ruby rose rolex but yeah she was at the game so everybody's like jordan Poole had to show out down 20 those are alley-oop off the backboard to break to uh kuzma so funny I was like, oh, I was like, what are y'all doing right now? And then like ran down like they just did something. Like, dude, you're down. like he deserves I just to be there. He deserves right. to be That's there. what I'm saying. All the comments on Twitter, though, are hilarious because people are like, now I see why Draymond punched him. Now I see why Steph Curry got sick of him. And this is like, like, what are you doing? And somebody said they should have inserted like a Caitlin Clark meme, like right there to say, shut up, you're down 15. Like, like that's that's what goes on right there. Like, but anyway, but that's not the Timberwolves. Thank goodness. We don't have that issue here. Uh, but now it's time to move on to uh, the Gophers because they have uh, Illinois and PJ has not beat Brett Bilma at Wisconsin or Minnesota or sorry, or uh, Illinois. So what you got, Julia? Well, I was going to talk about um, what, what it's going to take to win the Big Ten West, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. I think there's two and, and feel free to jump in because this is only my second year covering Big Ten. Um I think there's two ways to win the Big Ten. They have to win out these last four games, or I mean, they, which would mean they'd have to beat Ohio State, right? Right, not gonna happen. Um, which is not gonna, yeah, it's not gonna happen. Uh, so the other, uh, the other solution would be they have to beat Illinois, Iowa, Purdue, lose to Ohio State, but Nebraska has to lose to Wisconsin, which can happen. Right. Yep. Iowa has to beat Illinois then, which can happen. And then all of a sudden, November 25th at Huntington Bank Stadium, Wisconsin here against the Gophers becomes the West Championship game. Which is going to happen. That's how it's going to be. ESPN will show up for game day. It's going to (laughs) happen. Okay. 
<laughs> All right, let's let's not get too ahead of ourselves here. Um, but yeah, it's certainly a possibility. Uh, I, I mean, should they beat Ohio State? I mean, that would be crazy, right? But um, that that would be their road to the Big Ten West. I would say the latter of the two uh, paths mm-hmm. to get there um, this weekend. Yeah, well, uh, the Fighting Illini. When I first got here, I had such a hard time saying that on air. Um, but Brett Bielma, I um, have some some trauma from Brett Bielma being an Arkansas fan growing up. Uh, certainly does a better job uh, in his home state for sure. But we'll, we'll, we'll see this weekend. Um, Jordan, we, we want to see Jordan Newbin again. Yes. Who do we want it? Because I I like all of them. I I mean, Darius Taylor and Jordan Newbin are a hope, but Darius Taylor, we don't know if he's going to be cleared to play. Right. Yeah. So, Um, so would love to see him ball out again uh, this weekend. But uh, they do they they have to win uh, on Saturday in order to even be uh, in the running for the Big Ten West. Still. So. Sam. Yeah, Gophers have stubbed their toe a lot of times when they start looking ahead, mm-hmm. you know, we, we look ahead, we look ahead to the end of the season and then you run into often a t- team like Illinois, mm-hmm. Illinois gave them fits. I think he was back in the Jerry kill era. They handed the the Gophers a really tough loss when we were super optimistic. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've beaten them up before. Now, Illinois is not as good as they were last year. They're three and five, one and four in conference. This is another game you have to win. And right now I'm just, committed to the Gophers are winning ugly. The Gophers are not going to wow us and they might stumble their way to eight wins, but it's not going to be pretty. Um, It's not an exciting brand of football right now. And it's okay. If you win ugly, more power to you, but it's not the kind of football that inspires me to think the Ohio state game is, is within reach or attainable at all. Um, But if you can just grind it out, and get to the end where you're playing a meaningful game. Don't lose. Don't stub your toe against Illinois. That's the name of the game. Um, the Michigan State game, it was ugly. Conditions were bad outside. Um, might be a little bit of the same on Saturday, although I think the forecast is pretty nice. I'm I'm look I'd like to be inspired after a Gophers win for once. I don't want to talk about an ugly victory. Ron, we've talked about too many of those this year. Well, and I've been thinking about this one. And Julia, I love the way you laid it out. Like you need to just, Reggie needs to put you on TV, put all the graphics up and have you break that down on TV. I'm just saying, you did a great job of it. Um, why? One, because it is absolutely ridiculous <laughs> with how it has to happen. In my mind, the best way to do it, and this is what I say, we we don't need to creep into the Big Ten Championship. Let's just kick the door down. Kick the damn door down. How do we do that? Well, there was a time, Julia, you weren't born yet. I don't know. I don't know if you were born. Were you born in 2000? I was three years old. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So when you were three, damn, this is crazy. I can't believe you were three. <laughs> when you were three, it makes you feel so old. Like, I can't imagine three-year-old Julia, like, just staring at the TV. She has no idea what's going on. <laughs> um, <laughs> but on ESPN, national TV, the number, I think they were number four in the country or number five in the country, Ohio State homecoming they had like seven first round draft picks nate clemens being one of them they played the gophers and they lost nobody gave the gophers a chance 
And I think this is going to be another one of those in the shoe. I don't know. I'm not really saying it could happen. But with this running game, if they can get Darius Taylor healthy for that game, and we got Jordan Newbin, and you got Daniel Jackson finally coming alive, Ethan Kallik, man, is finally figuring it out. Brevin's fan forward, finally catching passes. This is a game that the Gophers can win. If they beat Ohio State after beating Purdue in Illinois and Wisconsin and Iowa and Michigan State, they should have beat Northwestern. And we wouldn't be talking about this right now. But they can get it done. But either way, the Gophers in Illinois, this is the key for the Gophers against Illinois. They run the ball better than anybody. They have the only freshman in the country, the only true freshman in the country that has an 80-plus grade on PFF. That's all positions. And that's Jordan New, or sorry, that's Darius Taylor. They have a guy in Jordan Newbin who in the spring had a spot, was one of the one or two backs. And, and Sam, you remember we talked about that because we had Jordan on our show. And we and I said it on the show. Like, that's why I was going to tell you. Find that clip. I said it on the show. I'm looking forward to seeing what you do this season because he looked good in the spring. Mm. And then in walks Darius Taylor. Who steps up? Sean Tyler. Sean Tyler fumbles his way to the back of the bench. And then Darius Taylor's born. Jordan Newbin is reborn. And uh, this is a team that can go anywhere with their run game. Ethan Kallik Manis has made some great throws. But his receivers, other than Daniel Jackson, have dropped them. They have not helped him out. Elijah Moore has been non-existent up to this point now. Like, he's had some early games, but as of late, hasn't done much. Hasn't been a guy we've seen on the field. We've seen more Corey Crooms. Uh, we've seen some of um, uh, Brevin Span Ford here and, and then. But Daniel Jackson's been the guy. So for the Gophers to close this out, they've all got to play now on all cylinders. This is not going to be the best of weather. It's going to be chilly. It's going to be Minnesota football. It's going to be wherever, you know, Wisconsin's coming here. Who know, Like the last time Wisconsin came here and ESPN was here, Julia, I don't know if you were here, but I think Reggie, you might have been. You might not have been either, but Sam, you were here for sure. It was a snowstorm, but we all were out there. Pat McAfee, me, that's where the, the friendship kind of regained itself again i coached him when he was with the coach pat McAfee shows up he and i connect and then now we see what it is now so that's why i want that's the only reason i want game day to come here by the way people it is my guy pat McAfee will be here all day friday uh you know i know he'll have me on the show so you know that that'll be fun and then we got the game day show on saturday so yeah it's it's it could be it could be it could happen just like angels in the outfield it can happen because if you look at those last games of the year Michigan, I think Michigan, Ohio State, I don't know if they'll get it now because of what's going on. And I think they have certain places they have to go. So it could be Minnesota, Wisconsin. Just, just watch out, people. But that's my thought. I think for the Gophers to beat Illinois, though, they have to go in that game Saturday and just say, I'm going to run the ball down your throat. And we do want to see Darius Taylor. But I know his health matters more than just winning games and that soft tissue leg injury first and the concussion. So it is what it is. It's the freshman thing of like, I didn't realize these guys hit this hard. He runs high. If you notice Darius Taylor where he runs, he runs high. And these guys are going to shoot his legs out like he's Ron Dane. So it is what it is. But we'll see if P.J. Fleck can finally, because he finally beat Iowa, hadn't beat them all, all his career. Now can he finally beat Illinois? And that's the next step. And when we get more tears on the field, uh, P.J. did say this, and I don't know which one of you guys said this. Uh, the Gophers look ahead. I don't know if that was Sam or Julia, but the Gophers do tend to look ahead. But this is the thing. PJ normally doesn't, and we know that. He always kind of gives us that, that commercial, uh, this is the O&O Illinois championship season. He told me, this is off camera, that when he gets in the locker room on like Saturdays and Sundays, he lets the players cheer each other on, talk, they pat each other on the back, they talk about what's next. He knows the elephant in the room. And so instead of letting players talk and whisper behind his back, 
about the possibilities of being in the Big Ten championship and being the number one team in the Big Ten West right now. He said he's embraced it now. He he does talk about it. He said, but after they talk about it, he lets them talk about it. Like almost like, because he was a sixth grade teacher, almost like teachers do kids in that first five minutes after the bell. Talk amongst yourselves. Let me get ready for class. After you're done, get it all out because class started and you need to be quiet. And that's what PJ's doing now. Talk about it. Talk about being the best. Talk about being first in the West. Talk about Jordan Newbin's big day. Talk about Tyler Newbin's interceptions. Talk about we're number one in the Big Ten West. We can go to Big Ten Championship. Boom, let's move on. Now it's time for Illinois. And I think that's a great approach now because that has burned them in the past of like, try not to like, we're not talking about it. Let, let the world talk about it. We won't. Now PJ's like, you know what? That, that's probably not the best way to do it. So hopefully this change, we'll see a change. Northwestern again, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cry at some point if Northwestern burns us, uh, but that could happen. But again, now it's time to move on to some hockey. Sam, what you got? Yeah, hockey fans are sad right now. We are 10 games into the Minnesota Wild season. They are 3-5-2. and two. Three represents the number of actual wins they have in games. Gophers hockey, three-game losing streak. First three-game losing streak since 2018. Not great. So what's going to happen? Are these teams going to turn it around? NHL hockey, I, again, preach patience. Wait until Christmas. Right now, the Wild, in, in actual standings, you know how many points they are out of a playoff spot? Two. They're two points out of a playoff spot. There's a lot of jumbling. There's a lot of parity in hockey in the months of October and November. Give it some time. Jared Spurgeon's going to come back at some point. The, the goalkeeping is going to get it together. The defensive structure is going to get better. I promise you it's going to get better. Gophers hockey, they're too talented to stay on this losing skid umd tonight a great chance to bounce back against another ranked opponent the gophers have 13 draft picks you guys they're not going to fall on hard times this is a team that is super focused their goaltending is excellent if they get their defensive core playing together for a few more games i think they're going to be fine as well so i'm i'm mr breezy here i'm not panicking at all about the hockey teams mm. Julia. Yeah, uh, I would agree. I think the past few games for the Wild, it's just been a lot of shooting themselves in the foot. Last night, they had three penalties in the last five minutes of the game, um, and that's kind of what blew it for them and, and nailing the coffin, a uh, five to three loss. Um, but, you know, you get a guy like Matt Boldy back last night, it's not going to look perfect. You got to get these guys back into rhythm too. Um, and I would agree. It's so early. I mean, there's so many games to play. Same with the Gophers. They have so much talent on that team. Um, maybe a little bit overshot confidence just because it's a younger, very talented team. Um, but I, I think it it's just going to take some rhythm, especially with the Wild. I think something that could help is um, they've got the Rangers twice in the next three games. Um a win against the Rangers could certainly uh, build some confidence with them too. I did think it was funny last night after the game. Um, Dean Evison said, well, the game started at seven, not seven 30, not seven 35, not seven 45. Um, and he was so calm. And Randy Shaver made a comment after we ran that soundbite. He said, it, it's always scarier when dad is, is really calm and upset. Right. <laughs> um, so I, I would imagine, um, 
the next few morning skates and practices are not going to be pleasant for the wild. But uh, I, I think that they can definitely turn this around and, and, and get it get it back together for sure. Reggie. Well, Ryan, you skipped me last time with the Gophers. All I will say to that is uh, Devin Witherspoon ain't coming through that door. Chase Brown ain't coming through that door, you know, the, the Patino game. Uh, but anyway, um, I think I kind of just want to trust Sam on this one because, like, whenever I see, like, these losses and these bad starts just, like, kind of piling up, it's just like, ugh. It's like, well, I guess guess we're gonna be talking about basketball a lot in the winter time because our our uh our our hockey teams that we covered don't don't look like uh they're giving us anything too promising. You know, I think um I think the Wild are still trying to figure out like what team they're gonna be, like who they actually are. Um I think you're still waiting on Kirill to just kind of like take over and do what he does. I think you're still waiting on um, Gus to to park the bus, if you will, <laughs> um, and and really just take this this goaltending situation by the horns. Like, okay, yeah, it's me. I'm I'm the the guy. No flower formed against me shall prosper. Um, but I, I think there's just a lot of variables that are are kind of just not working in their favor right now. And we continue to see like that quiet, pissed off Dean Everson over there, and you're like, "Oh man, somebody's gonna get it." I love stern Dean Everson. Yeah, it, it's kind of scary though. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't really want to cross that dude. But um, and then as far as the the Gophers hockey team, like, yeah, I I do think that they'll they'll figure it out eventually. Like, this is a team that that has you know several of their stars who we thought they were going to potentially lose back on this team like you just believe that they're going to put it together and be able to go on a little bit of a run this team you know was in the whole national championship last year so i think a lot of people are expecting them to do something similar again this year um so just a little bit of a skid right now but i i don't know i feel like i have a little bit more confidence in the gophers than maybe the wild right now but maybe it's just the the sample size from both uh you know my, my hockey knowledge always goes to mighty ducks the one thing i'll say is the wild must fly together like if you fly together you'll do better that's all i have um no i will <laughs> i will <laughs> well say that like, like the like the biggest thing with hockey it, 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 early on for me it's always weird and tough to follow uh because of what you said sam like you have your record but then you also have your points and so for me, that always throws me off where I'm like, why do we have two? And I've tweeted this a number of times, Sam, you've seen it. And nobody really ever has an answer for me. Everybody just gives me hockey speak. Well, we do this because of this. And this is because of that. And, you know, just think about if you did touchdowns and, and point, like, no, like the if if I score whatever amount of points, the amount of touchdowns I have don't matter. It's only if I won or lost the game. I could have 2000 touchdowns, but I could still be 0 and 16 and it would not help us into the playoffs. So th th that's the one thing about hockey that I've never understood, like wins, losses, points and all that stuff and blah, blah. And, you know, wh why are we talking about this? And his, this guy has double assists. Uh, but for the while and, and the Gophers, um, I know the whole like guys being able to go to the NHL, guys leaving, you know, talent leaving from the Gophers. I know I've heard a big part about that. Like guys have, have been leaving and some of their key players have just been going, you know, and uh, leaving the team. And so that's that's part of the problem. And then when you look at the Wild, uh, I just think it's early. 
I think his early career, uh, Kirill has not been himself as of now. Like, I think they have to find lines from what, again, from my Mighty Ducks days of, 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 of hockey. Uh, they have to find lines that work well together. And when they find those lines and stick with it, don't try to overthink the lines. Like, if this line is putting in the work and they, they have the lead and they're doing this, don't change it up the next game. Let those guys go. Like, let that line cook. Uh, but, again, I'm Ron Johnson. That's Julia Dams. That's Reggie Wilson. That's Sam Ekstrom. As Reggie said, Illinois has to lose. As Julia said, there's a whole lot of stuff, and the Gophers can be in the Big Ten Championship. So with all that stuff happening, we'll see. And as Sam said, this is the state of hockey. But the Timberwolves have something else to say. This is the state of basketball, and they might be going to the Super Bowl of basketball. So just watch out. Remember, you can download Locked On Sports Minnesota on YouTube and follow and subscribe 24-7, all of our shows. You got the football party, the Ron Johnson show. You got the basketball party. You don't want to miss that. And all the post-game postcasts, Gophers, Wild, Wolves, Vikings, after every single game, you don't want to miss those as well because we bring the biggest news. When Kirk Cousins popped his Achilles, we were the first on the scene to kind of say, hey, we saw it on TV. It happened. Not Adam Schefter, not Ian Rappaport. It was us. Luke Bryan, Luke uh, uh, Inman, Sam Ekstrom and myself, but of course, Reggie Wilson on the basketball party told us exactly what the Wolves need to do, and they did it. So you know what that means. Super Bowl of basketball, people. Have a great weekend. <laughs> hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.